0: This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We're glad you found us.
1: This is Unity Online Radio.
0: The voice of an awakening world. Unlock the power of your dreams. Welcome to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden.
1: Welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream Show, where you uncover the truth of your dreams and reveal the beauty of who you are. I'm your host, Kelly Sullivan Walden, aka Dr. Dream, here on Unity Online Radio, and I'm so happy to be with you today. The number to call if you have a question about your dreams is 816 816- 251 3555 Again, 816-251-3555. Today is the day to call in for sure. I've got two, not one, but two guests. They're dream experts. One's a dreamologist. One's the dream coach. And Debbie Spector-Weissman and Laurel Clark will be helping us reveal the beauty of dream snippets. So you don't have to have... A full length, multi scene, multi cinematic, like The Matrix or Gone with the Wind kind of dream, in order for it to be valuable. And I would dare say, even life changing, even if you just recall one tiny little speck one symbol of a dream your life can change and that's what the that's what the name of the show is today and that's what we're focused on today so I think you are going to get maximum empowerment so sit at the edge of your seat and get ready to rock but before we do let's do a little a little prayer just to kind of dial in and let me invite you to turn within and take a big deep breath Dropping in, letting go of all the clamor, all the the pulling at our attention. I hear my dog Lola trying to get my attention right now. So just letting go of all the things that normally hook us and grab us and pull us out of the precious depth and juiciness of the dream we're having in this moment. So let's just drop in all the way. Let's drop the anchor into the deep end of our soul. Let's call on our most amazing dreams. Let's call on the dream maker. Let's just fill ourselves up with the wisdom. Let's get drenched in the dream. And let's become willing to bring that to the shore of our waking reality, of our logical, ordinary, mundane world so that we can make every moment magical, every moment filled with guidance. It's possible. Let's dream it that way because we can. So with this, I just say thank you so much for listening and for being here. And I'm grateful in advance for my wonderful guests and for you listeners, whether you call in with a dream, I hope you do, or you just have one and you get something from the show. Let me know. By the way, Uh, as we come out of this prayer, amen to make it official. You can listen to the show. If you didn't already know that on Apple play and iTunes, Google play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like it and comment, it makes it possible and easier for other people to find the show. So please do that. Um, I have a few quick little announcements and I will, and then we'll jump into the show. So just so you know, there are only a few spots left for our upcoming Teotihuacan dreaming journey. This is going to be a Día de los Muertos um, journey. This is not a regular Teotihuacan journey. It's coming up towards the end of October, first couple of days in November. So if you have lost anyone, a lot of people have have dealt with the angel of death quite a bit this last year. Um this might be the this might be the time to come to Teotihuacan and redefine your relationship with the myth of what we call death, what's on the other side, and to develop an empowered relationship with the angel of death and with your departed loved ones that you can learn via dreams to communicate with. So you don't ever have to say goodbye to the ones we love. It's just saying goodbye to the form that we used to have that we loved, but also saying hello and welcome to the new incarnation of them and the way that they can be a dream ally. So, With that, um, go to my website, kellysullivanwalden.com, scroll down about halfway down the page, and you can find out about how all you need to do is put down a $100 deposit, and that'll lock you in. It'll save your space, so you can pay later as it gets closer to the date. Um, Click on the banner that says, Dia de los Muertos. And let's see, also there's the upcoming IASD conference. It's virtual this year. It's in the middle of June. Go to asdreams.org to find out about that. I'll be one of the speakers there. We've featured many of the speakers on the show Um, earlier in the month. It's going to be amazing. Go to asdreams.org for that. Also there is, I'm Let's see. The Hero's Journey Dream Meditations is a finalist in the Cover Awards. So, if you'd like to weigh in on that, you can go. Actually, I don't know what the exact link for Cover is, but if you want to weigh in, um, there's a. Just go to Cover Cover Awards, and you'll find the Hero's Journey Dream meditations. And it's now available streaming. So it used to be that you could only get these meditations as a CD. I know that's hard to imagine, because who listens to CDs anymore. But if you go to Amazon, you can get the streaming. And I don't even know, it might even be for free or for very little. So go to Hero's Journey, Dream Meditations. I've created a lot of meditations in my day. And these From what I hear are some of the best ones for inspiring sweet dreams and also giving you a positive feeling and vibration and connectedness for where you are on your hero's journey. Okay, that's enough about me. I want to open it up. Actually, that's almost, almost enough. We have one quick thing I always do is read the luminous humanness thought for the day and it is, here we go. June 2nd, the bliss gets on you invite everyone to call to mind someone in your life who may be going through a challenge. We all have that somebody, someone in need of a moment, day or year of bliss. So imagine your prayer is answered, that this person is receiving blessings that you wish for them and they're drinking it in and letting the bliss become them. Now become aware that this prayer is like doing a rain dance for someone who's been parched. The rain is for them, but you also get soaked with blessings. Who will receive your prayer for bliss today? The affirmation is when I wish bliss on someone without seeking to, I get drenched in its deluge. So there you go. Okay, so let me bring out my amazing, esteemed guests, Debbie Spector Weissman and Laurel Clark. First, Debbie Spector Weissman. She is a, a dear friend and she is the dream coach. And that's her website, by the way, thedreamcoach.org. Wait, no, dot net. Thedreamcoach.net. She is a very prolific writer. She's incorporated her knowledge gleaned from professional work as a wife and mother into dream life coaching. In addition to her coaching work, she's been the co-owner of a film and video production company, which was instrumental in the production of dozens of films, including the groundbreaking film, What the Bleep Do We Know? Man of the Year, starring John Ritter, Pregnant in America. And the spiritual documentary, and this is how she met me, is through the movie Dreaming Heaven. Debbie is the best-selling author of over 20 novels, including five of the original books in the popular Sweet Valley High series. She's written a bunch of other books more recently, and one of those is... 101 Dream Dates, How to Say I Love You to the Most Important Person in Your Life, You. We can talk about her other books and other projects later, but I want to bring her out. So Debbie Spector-Weissman, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you
2: so much, Kelly. I very much appreciate being here.
1: I'm so grateful. So you were my, my prized, my pet student in, um, in dream life coach training. And then you became a dream life coach and you've just turned it into a whole platform for yourself. And I am so proud of you and the work that you do and you have the dream power radio show and TV show. You've done, I don't know, over a hundred shows. That was several months ago. Lola is saying hello. So just, um, tell people how they can get to listen and watch your show.
2: Sure. I have a weekly podcast, which is dream power radio, and that's available wherever you can get podcasts. Um, can't list all the places, but it's kind of everywhere. <laughs> and then it's kind I of everywhere. T- I have a monthly T V show called The Dream Power Show. That is on Roku and Amazon Fire on the Raven International Network. So yeah, really. if you have Roku or if you have Amazon Fire, you can download the app and then you can get my show and all the other shows on this amazing network. Uh also, the show is available on the
1: raveninternationalmedia.com website. Very cool. All right, everybody, get all those things. Okay, so Laurel Clark is a dreamologist. I love that. Who's been keeping a dream journal since 1977 and doing professional dream work since 1979. A teacher, author, spiritual director, and interfaith minister, Laurel specializes in extraordinary dreams like visitation, dreams that inspire the creative process, life purpose, and healing dreams. She's the owner and founder of Whole Life Resources, and her website is laurelclark.com. She's a former board chair and past president of the International Association for the Study of Dreams. I don't think I knew that past president of the School of Metaphysics. What? Oh, my goodness. This woman, I already knew she was cool and that I loved her, but there's so many more amazing things about her. She's the author of seven books and a contributor to a dozen and, and more uh, of self de- on self-development. Her dream-related title is Intuitive Dreaming. She's the contributor to the Encyclopedia of Sleep and Dreams, Dreams That Change Our Lives, Weaving Dreams Into the Classroom, Interpreting dreams for self discovery, lucid dreaming, dream time. And she was a part of Chicken Soup for the Soul Dreams and the Unexplainable. And Debbie Specter Weissman was in the book Chicken Soup for the Soul Dreams and Premonitions. So, Laurel Clark, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Ask Dr. Dream Show. I'm so happy to have you on. Thank you. I feel really honored to be here. My God, what an extensive background you have. I didn't realize you were the past president of these incredible organizations, IASD and the School of Metaphysics. You are a rock star, truly. And I'm not just dreaming when I say that. And you also have a club on Clubhouse called um, Dream Wisdom that hosts a weekly dream discussion on extraordinary dreams. So people can check her out there. Okay. So Debbie and Laurel, the reason I am ha- having you both on is because first of all, you, you were both in the chicken soup for the soul books that I um, got to co author and you both have had dream snippets that changed. And I don't know if saved your life, that might be dramatic, but for sure changed your lives. So let's see, Debbie, let's start with you. Would you be willing to Tell um, everyone the, the short and sweet version of your short and sweet dream and what, and what it did to oh, you. Sure.
2: sure. Before I do that, I, I should explain that the reason I paid attention to that dream is because uh, I was in your dream circle, and you taught me that it didn't matter how long your dream was. You could get beautiful nuggets of knowledge from whatever you got. And in fact, when I was in dream circles with you, you dubbed me the Queen of the Snippets. It (laughs) seemed that every time I would tell a dream, it would just be this short little thing. Everybody else was telling these long, epic stories. And then I come up and I say, well, I just had this happen. So uh, to make a very, very, very long story short, uh, Mm. I had a dream that was literally all I remembered was one word. Didn't even see an image or anything, just one word. And the word was codpiece, piece. And because it's <laughs> such a weird word, I had to do something. I had to figure out why I had a dream. And uh, the wrong sort of it was that because a cot piece is, it's actually the definition is the medieval garment that men wore to protect their genitals. And I took it to mean that it was something that was hard and protective, that was shielding something that was, Precious and, and worth, worthwhile. And I took that and I said, "What? how does that relate to me? I took it to mean that the codpiece was the shell that I had put in front of me mm. that kept me and my wisdom and my beauty away from the rest of the world. And it made sense because at the time I was very, very quiet, very, very shy. I didn't speak up. I didn't let my thoughts and feelings out there. And the dream showed me that if I wanted to change my life, I had to find a way to break out of the codpiece and express myself, become more self-expressive. And that started me on the process of doing that. And it inspired me because it had such a profound effect on me to continue my study of dream work, to become certified to be a dream life coach, and to be where I am today. So it's all because
1: you convinced me to pay attention to that dream. Oh my god, Debbie, thank you so much. And I appreciate the credit you send my way, but you're the one that did it and you're the one that ha- that paid attention to the dream and then worked with the dream and and then you 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 took it to it, to actually epic proportions because I always like to say every dream that's remembered requires some form of action in your waking life. And you really did. I mean, you were shy, like a classic introvert. You still are an introvert, which is beautiful, but you've, you've gotten rid of this medieval garment. And I love the fact I didn't even, I don't think I even connected with the fact that it's medieval. Like it's not just a regular old armor. It's like ancient. So, and it's for battle. It's like wow, what a powerful symbol. So you've gone on since working with that dream, like you're pretty exposed. We should shall we say um I mean all the bio that I read for you, like writing all of these these latest books you've written and been published in so many different um articles and books and um what's it like to now be exposed like out in the world (laughs) with your precious jewels out there that are fertilizing the world with, with wonderful messages. What's that like for you now?
2: Well, it's very comfortable. And the other point to keep in mind also was I had written a bunch of books, you know, in the eighties and by the early nineties, I've felt totally burnt out and I mm. did not write anything for about twenty-five years, until after the stream, it inspired me to go back and write. And since then, I've written. I've been either I've either written or I have been a part of nine other books. Wow! Wow! I had one that come out a couple of months ago where I read wrote about the correlation between. Using Your Dreams to Build Your Self-Confidence.
1: Uh, and, and the name of that
2: book none is None of that extreme. would have been possible before. You know, the idea mm. even having a podcast or being on TV <laughs> would have been insane <laughs> before I had this dream. So it just opened up a whole new world for me.
1: Ah, oh, and what a contribution! It's like that saying about um, "don't hide your light under a bushel." It's like you, your light isn't being hidden under a bushel anymore. It's, it's out for all to see, and the codpiece has been removed. And I know there was another dream that followed that, but let's we'll we'll see if we can unpack that and reveal more layers here. But let's bring on Laurel Clark, and let's let's hear all about um, your your dream snippet that was life-changing for you?
3: Actually, Kelly, I have had many life-changing dreams, and this one, I don't know if you're aware of. It's the dream that's in the book, Dreams That Change Our Lives. Mm. It has been life-changing for me and everyone I've told it to. Oh, let's hear. I'm inspired to tell it because of your intro about dreams of people who have died
0: mm. so
3: i was married to a man who died young he was 42 i was 43 and he died on september 10th of the year 2000 oh. so to celebrate the year anniversary of his death i decided i wanted to spend <sighs> a day with him and his memory but September 10th, 2001 was a Monday, and I was teaching a bunch bunch of classes, so I thought, well, I'll just do it the next day, which was September <sighs> 11th, 2001.
1: Holy Lord.
3: So <sighs> in addition to, uh, you know, the shock of the day and everybody going through whatever kind of fear and anger they were going through, I grew up in a suburb of New York City, And although I wasn't living in New York at the time, I was in Missouri, I was alarmed and tried to get a hold of these people I knew in New York, including my sister-in-law, John's oldest sister. Mm. And I couldn't Mm. get a hold of anyone because all of the cell towers were down. But my day, you know, instead of spending it uh, with my memories of my husband, it kind of shifted to praying for everybody in New York. Mm. So that night, I had a dream that John was in New York, and he was helping the people who had died in the World Trade Center. And he looked beautiful and amazing and healthy. Mm. And I looked at him, and I said, actually thought telepathically, are they okay? Meaning the people who had died. Mm. And he smiled and beautiful smile and lit up with an amazing celestial light and he said yes they're fine once they're out they're fine and when he said once they're out I felt this whoosh of exhilaration Mm -hmm. of what it feels like for the spirit to leave the body and I knew what he meant is that once they're out of the body they're fine the people who have died but it's those of us here who were scared and angry and Uh, worried that we're the ones who weren't fine. So that dream was not only life-changing for me because it helped me to feel reassured about the people I know who live in New York, but it was amazing to see John. And if he had been alive, he would have been one of those people to drive from Missouri to New York to help people. And so I knew that he was in his element doing what he was meant to do and, It's been just such an amazing universal message about life after death. Wow.
1: (laughs) Wow. And I, what were you going to say?
3: Just that it it was life changing, not only for me, but anyone I've ever shared it
1: with. Yeah, it is. I can really feel like, even if we just drill into the detail of him saying the word out, out, like just that little snippet part of this dream is so packed. I mean, I could feel it the way you said it, the way you described it. It's like, like wow, that is a bullion cube that contains so much wisdom and so much affirmation and so much healing in that one little word. And then there's the rest of the surrounding elements of that dream. That is so powerful. What a gift he gave you, and you thought you would be honoring him on on the anniversary of his passing, but he gave you a gift, and now you've shared it with us in the in the retelling of it. And thank you so much. You're welcome. Ooh. So powerful. So you also. So in in the book Dreams and Premon Dreams and the Unexplainable, the Chicken Soup for the Soul book, you you talk about um, a dream snippet. Can you also tell this other dream um, about the one that we published in Chicken Soup for the Soul? Not that everybody shouldn't go out and get the book, but let's tell <clears> them. this story is so great you told it you shared it with me at the IASD conference where I met you and by the way the workshop I was in that you led was so profound so creative I ended up writing a huge poem about a dream that I had inside your workshop that's been pretty darn life-changing so I thank you for that but tell me about tell us the dream that you shared
3: yes so this is a definite dream snippet i used to spend a lot of time on the road. And I was driving from St. Louis to Lexington, Kentucky after a big ice storm. So I I had delayed my trip and I couldn't delay it anymore. And when I got on the highway, it was horrible. The conditions were treacherous. There were semi-trucks that were off the side of the road. So I was driving without cruise control, very tense, and it took probably two hours more than it should have. And when I got out of the car, I could hardly even move because I had wrenched my lower back partially from the mental and emotional tension and just from having my foot on the accelerator for six hours. So before I went to sleep, I decided to ask my dreams for two things. One was to wake up pain free, which seemed almost unimaginable, and to have a dream that would tell me what I needed to do or, excuse me, change so I could heal my back. And I went to sleep. I had my dream notebook next to me. And as I was awakening, before I was awake, I heard in my mind the words walk backwards. So (laughs) I wrote that down in my dream notebook. And then when I woke up and I read it, I thought, that's really weird. But I knew I had asked and it came from my dream. So I walked around backwards
1: and it felt pretty good. (laughs) The, <laughs> Laurel uh, I'm going to need to pause you just for a second because we're going to a break okay. in just a second so I want to have everybody be at the edge of their seats so that you can just chomp at the bit while you wait to hear what happens in the next part of Laurel Clark's dream that she's a dreamologist I'm talking with Debbie Spector Weissman the dream coach we'll be right back here on the Ask Dr. Dream show after these quick announcements so don't go anywhere because we'll be taking your dreams on the other half of the show so stay tuned. We'll be right back. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio.
0: The voice of an awakening world. dream interpretation, and a lot more. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Dream with Kelly Sullivan Walden.
1: Welcome back to the Ask Dr. Dream show where we uncover the beauty of your dreams and reveal the truth of who you are and vice versa, the beauty of um, you and the truth of your dreams and all of it. It just all blends. Okay. So right before the break, we were I was talking with Debbie Spector Weissman, who is the dream coach, and you can find her at thedreamcoach.net. She's the author of so many books, I could spend the whole show just listing the titles of her books. The, but the one that I'm most connected to, and I feel like is most connected to dreams is 101 Dream Dates, How to Say I Love You to the Most Important Person in Your Life, You. And Laurel Clark, she is a dreamologist, and Laurel's website is laurelclark.com. And by the way, um, Debbie was talking about the Dream Life Coach Training Program that she went through. That's a program that I created a few years ago. You can check that out at dreamlifecoachtraining.net. Actually com what am I saying dreamlifecoachtraining.com okay so right before the break and we are going to take your dreams by the way but we're gonna first hear the rest of Laurel's dream. so Laurel, you were dreaming um, you were you had a really bad back pain from driving through the six hour snowstorm. you asked your dreams to give you to to help you to help heal your back and you had a voice come to you in the dream that simply said, walk backwards. So you wake up and you begin to walk backwards around your room. Okay, I think that's about where we left off. So
3: pick up where that leaves off. Yes. So I walked backwards and it was interesting to me because I hadn't really noticed before that it feels different to walk backwards and it felt um, good. The other piece is that I had asked my dream to wake up pain free. And I actually did wake up pain free, which was
0: astounding Mm.
3: to me, even though I asked for it, I think I didn't really believe it could happen. And then the next part of the story is that I had to get in my car and drive again that day. And I had this audio cassette tape, that's how long ago it was, (laughs) that a friend of mine had given me I don't know, at least a month before, maybe two months before. I'd stuck it in the glove compartment, and I I never was even moved to listen to it. And for some reason, unknown to my conscious mind, I just popped it in the tape player that day. And it was an instructional video from a man who manufactures um, essential oils and he was talking about the different countries that he visits where he gets the plants and the herbs to distill these oils.
1: Was it Gary Young, by chance?
2: Yes, yes.
1: And and God rest his soul, he's on the other side. Now I got a chance to meet with him and work with him before he passed. So yeah. yay. Okay, so Wonderful. keep going.
3: Yeah, a brilliant man. So he was yeah. talking about being in China. And he said that On the college campuses in China, the students walk backwards because it adjusts their spine. And I thought, oh, my God, this is a waking confirmation of the message that I got from my dream. And I believe that the reason why I had that hunch to pop that tape in the tape player that day is because that dream message was so weird. If I Mm. had not had the waking confirmation, I think I would have likely... Either forgotten it or just, you know, did it once and didn't continue to do it. So that was just astounding
1: to me. So, what I want to acknowledge both of you ladies for is I mean, it's so easy to take dreams lying down, like to just poo poo them because they're odd and because they don't make sense to our rational mind. But not only did you Listen to them. You honored them by taking action. I mean, Laurel, you got up and started walking backwards. I mean, how many people tell me, I mean, and even myself, sometimes I'll have dreams that just seem so wacky. It's just, oh, come on. That couldn't possibly be anything. And yet our dreams have this wacky, but a thousand times more brilliant insight than our ordinary conscious mind. And it's so, it'd be so smart of us to act on it. So I just so want to acknowledge you ladies for demonstrating the perfect relationship that we should have in our, with our, with our ordinary logical mind when we relate to dreams to not just dismiss them because they're odd, because they could be the very key that we've been praying for, working for, lifting boulders for, doing the hard, sweaty work for it. It's like, no, just do this, walk backwards. Amazing. And also the dream incubation that i mean i know a lot of people who are in a lot of pain and have chronic pain and why not ask the dreams to help give insight about that and to even help to alleviate that so let's open up the lines to some callers we've got aaron it looks like i can't really read this here but it looks like you're in temecula aaron in temecula and correct me if you're not actually in temecula welcome to the show no i'm
4: thank you i'm
1: actually in chattanooga tennessee Oh, in Tennessee. Okay, it started with a T, and mm-hmm. it ended with an A. <laughs> Chattanooga. Okay, welcome, Erin. Mm-hmm. Did you have a question about a dream, a dream snippet, or did you have a dream to share with us?
4: Yeah, um, I guess all three. I, awesome. um, I my boyfriend broke up with me on May twenty seven, um, and oh, so gosh. since then I've, I've been on a self love journey, um, oh, which is funny because I, I. Yeah, and I did a I did a crystal grid right before then for abundance, and then things just randomly started happening right after that. Um, mm. But the dream I had, I feel like it's in connection to the dream I had last night, and so I'm a little confused. I haven't okay. been dreaming for a while. Um, and then on the 31st, the only thing I remember is that we, my ex-boyfriend was in a dream with me, um, and he seemed upset because he didn't get what he wanted and some food that we ordered to go. Um, and then last night, I had a dream of a woman with brown curly hair rushing towards me, and she says, "You jerk! I did this for you, and this is how you repay me." And she hands me like some cassette tape um, that has some oh. dirty stuff on it. And um, and it had what on it? What did you say it, it had on on the cassette tape? Like 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 really dirty stuff. Like if you played it, it was either you could hear something that I, you shouldn't be hearing, or just just stuff that isn't okay. And mm. I guess like, like blackmail stuff or whatever. And so I'm, I started shaking and I was scared through the rest of the dream. And then she gave me that cassette teeth. And then she said that she, I think I remember hearing her say, I'm going to use you as payment or something like that. And then the last thing I remember is that we were at a food court with a glass ceiling and without the glass ceiling breaking, medium-sized um, ice kill balls start falling
1: on everyone. And we're say all that ducking. again. And Wait, I medium, look- say that again. So the, in the food court, the glass ceiling starts breaking and then tell me. No, no, no. Me- it,
4: it doesn't break. It doesn't okay. break. Doesn't, so the glass ceiling doesn't break, but there's hail falling on everybody through ah, the ceiling. Hail. Okay. Yeah. Medium sized wow. balls of hail. And wow. we're all ducking. And, and I look at some man, and that's the last thing I remember. And I just remember waking up and shaking. And I just don't understand what those dreams mean. Normally, I could figure it out. But with those two, I couldn't.
1: Ooh, okay, so Laurel and Debbie, I'm going to offer this to you first, just to do a quick little dream reflection. We do like a kind of a quick wham, bam, sort of a thing, and then all will the way in. Laurel, would you like to offer any reflection first to help Aaron out? Sure, first
3: of all, Erin, thank you for sharing your dreams um, and your vulnerability. The way that I work with dreams on the first level is symbolic. So I look at the people in the dreams as symbolizing aspects of myself. So particularly the woman who um, says you jerk and hands you the tape with things on it you don't want to hear. If I had a dream like that, I would look to see what part of me I am at odds with. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. uh, in conflict with myself, I'm angry with myself, and especially when you said you've been on a self-love journey, I would look to see, you know, what is it in me where I'm kind of angry with myself that I need to uh, clean and clear and release, And the glass ceiling is interesting because when I hear glass Mm -hmm. ceiling, I think about how that applies to women who have certain um, restrictions, who are discriminated against. And so I would also look to see how maybe I have uh, allowed myself to be restricted and that's
1: Mm -hmm. starting to
3: fall apart and change.
1: Oh, nice. Oh, Laurel. Great. Okay. So Debbie, would you like to weigh in? Is there any snippet aspect of this dream that stands out to you if it were yours?
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And again, thank you for sharing your dream. I really do appreciate having it because knowing it, it, it helps everybody,
0: uh, yes.
2: us and everybody who's listening. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things that I thought was interesting, and if it were my dream, uh, you both dreams dealt a bit about with food and nourishment mm-hmm. I'm thinking, uh is there something that's missing that's something you wanted that you need to, that needs to feed you feed your soul something that is that you're you're not getting right now and and the anger of the woman indicating that, you, that maybe you know you're angry that you're there's something missing that you're looking for and when I heard you talk about the glass ceiling, it cuz I tend to, you know, want to see the best in things. and I'm thinking, well, maybe the glass ceiling means that you know, the answer is there. If you look up, you can find the answer cuz it'll be mm. clear.
5: Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, so, you know,
2: if, if, if if it were my dream, I would maybe, you know, meditate on all of this and you know, get some quiet moments to really sit and ponder the dream and see what comes up.
1: Oh, beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw in my two cents. And Erin, um, yes, thank you for sharing this. And right in the midst of a breakup, and good for you, by the way, for Da- I mean, some some people after a breakup go into a spiral of self-destruction, but you're dedicating this time mm. to serious self-care. So I just hope a lot of people are hearing that. This is an option when you're going through Thank a rough you. time. Up-level the self-care and then up-level your ability to pay attention to dreams or write, take the time to write them down. So I agree with everything Debbie and Laurel have said. Um. In addition, the piece that stands out, I just think it's so interesting, this cassette. So- You know, when's the last time I've heard the word cassette tape ever in years? And just in this show, I've Mm -hmm. heard it twice now with Laurel talking about this very important confirming information showing up on a cassette tape. And then in this dream, Erin, there's all this kind of vile content on this cassette tape. And for me, I, because in my personal life, I've been kind of on this rant about how important it is for women, especially, I would say men too, but to know what to do with our upset, like to, to, like to find a positive outlet for all the yucky stuff to not like, I think most women think we either. Vent it out and hurl it, or we keep it inside and we implode. But there's got to be another Mm -hmm. way to be able to get it out, record it, put it somewhere that's sacred so that we can create some alchemy with it. It's almost like a, a missed opportunity. So it feels to me like if it were my dream, this woman is upset at the way that maybe I have expressed my vile, yucky, jerk self, like my anger that normally isn't what I wear on my on like wear up front, but it's a part of me. And so mm-hmm. to me, it's an invitation to find another way to up level where I put my pissosity so that it doesn't hurt anybody. And um, Mm -hmm. I just think it's interesting that Debbie and Laurel have brown hair. Debbie has curly brown hair, by the way. So I don't know. I think (laughs) there could be some. (laughs) And I've had personal dreams myself where I have an angry person telling me, have I not tried to help you? Like, why are you doing this? You know better. Mm -hmm. So to Mm -hmm. me, there's this, it it might be like a tough love kind of thing, like do better with this pissosity put it in a better Mm -hmm. place and actually use it as rocket fuel to help make your dreams come true. So it doesn't hurt you or hurt Mm -hmm. anybody else. And I think the Mm -hmm. last piece is the, the hail, the, the, to me, whenever hail or snow show up in a dream, it makes me feel like there's frozen emotion that is, it's trying to help me. I'm trying to become aware of, of the fact that I'm feeling cold or that I'm, I'm tightening up and the, but the fact that it's breaking through the ceiling, like it's not content to just stay outside. It's like, I'm having to be aware of it. It's coming into the food court. It's coming into where I eat. It's coming into the place where I normally want to be nurtured and nourished. And, and yet here are these frozen emotions of mine. So it's the last piece, if it were mine is like, what to do. So I don't think it's about freezing up the emotions, holding them in. It's not about venting them, maybe making a recording of them so that they could hurt somebody, but finding another outlet, maybe breaking that glass ceiling as Laurel was saying, and like finding a way to come out of this, this holding pattern that I've been in and find some true freedom in the midst of this. So, whew, mm-hmm. okay, that's what I got. How are, <laughs> how is all this landing on you, Aaron? Erin? are you okay you've been pummeled
4: (laughs) no it's it's perfectly fine um i i i think um i have a lot to think about um the only thing i think i'm still confused on is is the part with the food because i'm like well i know they're connected but i don't understand why why my ex-boyfriend is so upset in the dream and i'm thinking maybe from from what you're saying
1: it may have something to do with that. I don't know. My brain is trying to put the pieces together. If it were my dream, I would think that, I mean, from the perspective that all humans are motivated by needs. We don't do anything unless we're getting a need met Mm -hmm. and, and Mm -hmm. having a complaint about food that he ordered. If it were my dream, it would be that part of myself, or it could be Mm -hmm. about him, literally an insight into him that he didn't get what he needed. His needs for a certain type oh. of nurturing weren't met and he was angry yep. because maybe yeah. he was set up. Like sometimes in the honeymoon stage of a, a relationship, we we present ourselves like we are the be all end all. And we can't help it. It's just a biological kind of imperative that shows up that kind of makes us be kind of the perfect version of ourselves. So we often get disappointed mm-hmm. on the back end when we're not able to live mm-hmm. up to that. Maybe he wasn't able Mm -hmm. to live up to his ability to nurture you. Maybe you became somebody else that wasn't just here to nurture him and feed him. Men often, depending on their their stage of development, need to be fed by women in order to become the men that they're capable of being. And maybe there was an ingredient missing in that, and he really wanted it. Are you getting that?
4: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that was the problem. That's something that he told me before we broke up. That was something that um, a friend of mine who was reading my cards mentioned is that he's still a child within. And there's something in him that I guess
1: I didn't fulfill. And yeah, that makes a lot of sense for both dreams. Right. And maybe there's the thing I mean, here's the last thing I'll say on this. And it's like in mm-hmm. relationship, unlike that Jerry Maguire thing about you complete me. I think we're not meant to complete each other. We're not meant to be perfect in the be all end all, because ultimately if we were, then we would become an island with that person. We would never have a reason to have a social life. We would never have reason to open up to a spiritual life. We would have no reason for that. So I think we're Mm -hmm. by design meant to not be the be all end all. So it's nothing Mm -hmm. about you that's missing. It's, but I mean, I think that we all, as women, we want to be perfect. We want to be that that perfect one. But I think we are perfectly mm-hmm. imperfect, just the way we are. So good luck with your mm-hmm. your self care, and thank you so much for calling in, Erin. I so appreciate it. Good thank luck you for with not. everything. Thank you. Okay, let's go to Miss Denise. We got to hear what's going on with Denise's dreams, Denise. Yes. Let it let Hi. it rip, honey. Hi. Hi to you, yes. You
5: know I talk fast, so. I can't help it. Tell you guess, I can't help it. I just talk fast. I don't know what's You'd wrong with it. me. Okay, this is a this is a good one. Um, I live in a neighborhood. This is my neighborhood, and in my neighborhood there is a pond. It just goes with the neighborhood. It's just a pond, and there's <laughs> ducks in it sometimes. Not ducks. I don't know what's in there. Sometimes nothing's in there. That's <laughs> irrelevant. But anyway, I am walking, and this is the Nancy T. and Kelly Green. All of Woo. a sudden, I'm walking with y'all. All three of us are just slowly walking in my neighborhood, and we see the pond. All of a sudden, Kelly decides to see a snake. Ooh. And Kelly, which is you, says, there's a snake. Okay, you wasn't, you wasn't really around. So like, oh, I go, there's a snake. And I'm like, yeah, there's a snake. So then I decide to tell y'all, since it's my neighborhood, I said, there's a man that lives three doors up or two doors down. I'll go get him. So he goes and gets an axe. And he Ooh. chopped the snake up in a thousand pieces. And then, Ooh. you know, after he chops the snake up, everybody's kind of like gathering around in case they came around. Where we were like, what happened? And, you know, me or you or Nancy says, oh, there was a snake. And this young man, or he's an older man. He does exist. He's like, you know, and he's like, you know, and everybody was just like, oh, look at the snake. And, of course, it's all chopped up. Um, and, and then we couldn't pretty much. The dream ended with a couple of the neighbors just kind of looking around, like, "Wow, you know, it was a snake, and it got killed by Mister So and So," and that was in the, the dream. But you and Nancy were in the dream walking with me first, and you noticed the snake.
1: Mm, all right, oh my but the heaven! Snake, okay, but the, so but the, but the
5: snake did not try; it, it wasn't violent. It didn't. You weren't like, "Oh my God, it's going to get us! Let's run!" You saw the snake. You acknowledged the snake. But you weren't, none of the three of us were like, oh my God, look at the snake. What are we going to do? We just proceeded calmly like you are on this show. You were like, okay, there's a snake. I'm not <laughs> going to kill it. And I'm like, I'm not going to kill it, but I know somebody who can. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my heavens. I love it. Okay. All right. So, um, Debbie or Laurel, whoever pipes up first. Laurel. <laughs> we love
3: Laurel. No, I love- I love snakes in dreams because um, if you think about the uh, symbol for the doctor, the physician, it's a a staff that has two snakes coiled around it, and there's actually another symbol for healing that has one snake um, that is, uh, excuse me, I just had a phone call coming in. I got distracted. Anyway... (laughs) I interpret snakes to be the kundalini energy, which is the creative energy. And so Mm. the fact that nobody's scared of the snake in the dream, I think is fantastic. If I had a dream like that, Mm. I would say, wow, you know, I'm aware of my creative energy and Mm. I'm observing it. And that Mm. there is a part of me like chopping up the snake, I would interpret as, There's something that I am either examining or uh, changing or doing something different in how I use my creative energy. So I I was
5: at that really positive dream.
1: Ooh, I love that. She
5: hit the nail on the head. And I was with two people who are in two dreams like I am and two creative people, Nancy (laughs) and Kelly who are just passionate about the dream world like I am. But
1: anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Awesome. Okay, Debbie. Let's have Debbie weigh in.
2: Okay. Well, one thing that, that I think is in your favor is that you had three women in the dream and one man. Mm-hmm. And Maybe you should really emphasize that feminine part of you. because so the feminine part of you was, was ready to embrace the snake and, and look at it and, and look at what it could give you rather than... What can I do to destroy it? Ooh, mm. and I would mm-hmm. I would focus on on your feminine side. It's it's telling you that's the way to go.
1: Mm. I love it. Okay, so I'm gonna I'll add in. I love everything that you guys have said, Debbie and and Laurel. Um, I it's so it's just an interesting observation because as as for all the years I've been doing dream work, and I just like what Laurel said. I'm Snakes are are awesome, especially in dreams. I always think they represent that something's being healed because they, they mm-hmm. used to be in the Asclepian dream temples back in ancient Greece. And there to me that it mm-hmm. means that there's some kind of skin that's being shed. There's something, there's mm-hmm. some healing, but yet my, the sound that came out of my voice, my mouth, when, when Denise started talking about the dream was, Ooh, so I do have an Ooh about snakes, even though my dreaming interpretation reflecting part knows that it's good, except it's a little bit scary. So I just want to throw that piece in. But I, you know, one thing I've observed over time with Denise and her dreams, Denise calls in often on this show, um, is that often there will be high stakes, high, like chase, blah, blah, blah. And Denise is always calm and cool in the midst of it. So (laughs) even with this snake, Denise is like, okay, I've got my girls. We're going to be fine. But I was alarmed in this dream about the man chopping the snake up. There's some part of me that's like, no, I don't want it chopped up. That's We didn't get a chance to interact or ask the snake what it wanted or what it was trying to give us. So it made me think – you know, what, like nothing can be destroyed. It just, it's sometimes when we try to destroy something, it comes back with a fervor. So I wonder Denise, if this, if you were back in the dream and oh my gosh, we only have a minute. What do you think the snake, if the snake could talk, why, why was it showing up? What did it want to teach you or share with you? Oops, Denise got disconnected and now she's back on. So Denise, I don't know if you can hear me.
5: No, Um, I missed, I got what the two ladies said. I missed everything you said. (laughs) As soon as you got ready to start talking.
1: You know what? That's okay. It was all recorded. Anyway, bottom line is, to me, this is one of those dreams that I would, if it were mine, I would go back into and I would want to re-dream this dream. And I would want to have, before chopping the snake up, that would be the last the last thing I would want to do. I would want to understand it. I would want to get the dream g- gift from this snake. And then if it was oh. truly trying to hurt me, then I would I mean, it feels like the snake represents the masculine. Also the man who's chopping it up represents the masculine. And before I would before I want to destroy something, I want to understand its good intent and what it's trying to gift me, what it's trying to heal in mm. me. and maybe it's something to do with relationships that, like Debbie was bringing up, the ratio of the men versus the women more mm. more. Female. So I think there's something in here to play with. Denise, as always, thank you for sharing your awesome dream. I hope this is helpful. And I can't wait to hear your dream next week. And ladies, Laurel Clark, um, thank you so much for sharing with us on this show. Laurel's website is laurelclark.com. Debbie Spector-Weissman. Her website is thedreamcoach.net. Thank you ladies so much for sharing your dreams, your dream snippets. You rock my dream world. Thank you so much. Until next week, everybody, don't take your dreams lying down. I'm Dr. Dream. See you next week.
3: Thank you for listening.